0: Welcome to Supply Chain Partners TV and podcast, where we discuss innovative solutions delivered by our members at Supply Chain Partners. Our members can help you to build a high-performing business and supply chain. I'm Dr. Sharon Grant, the founder of Supply Chain Partners. I've worked in the logistics and supply chain management field for over 20 years, and I specialize in strategic supply chain performance management. Let's now introduce our member. With us today is Rebecca Young, the Managing Director of Personalised Freight Solutions Global. Personalised Freight Solutions Global provides international freight forwarding solutions for machinery, infrastructure, project cargo, as well as customs brokerage services, warehousing and project management. Welcome back to the podcast, Rebecca. Thanks Sharon, great to be here. Today's episode is about streamlining your shipping container packing process. There are many factors to consider when packing a shipping container to minimise complications, damage, delays and insurance claims. Rebecca, what types of cargo damage can occur in container shipping? Yeah, sure. Thanks, Sharon.
1: So I guess the most common
0: damage that
1: can occur whilst shipping in a shipping container is just actual physical damage uh, where the cargo is damaged or breaks because of the fact that it is in a shipping container and it does go on the ocean and the ocean can be rough. And the fact is, if it is packed in with other types of cargo, it's a, it's a container with freight of all kinds in it and it's not packaged correctly, the cargo can become physically damaged. Uh, There's all types of grades of damage when that occurs. It could be as simple as something like a rip in a carton uh, down to the actual cargo within the carton being torn or broken in some way. The other types of damages that are really common is uh, wet damage. Now, typically speaking, a a shipping container should be watertight. However, there is circumstances where there can be holes put in the sides of containers or the tops of containers as they're moving through ports during transit. The equipment that manages the container movement may actually protrude into the container at times and all of a sudden we've got water going into the the container. So that can quite often cause wet damage, especially for that, those types of cargoes that are moved uh, within a cardboard carton. The other type of damage may be in relation to contamination, whereby some type of insect. Becomes evident in the container and infests the cargo for perishable type cargo foods and whatnot. So, the actual contamination in terms of perishable items can be affected by actual infestation of insects, uh, mold, leaves. There, there's a varied amount of um, ways things can become contaminated within a container. And then the last type of damage that i'd like to talk about is refrigeration damage um, in terms of cargo that needs to be shipped at a certain temperature and the actual refrigeration of the container stops or isn't set at the right temperature and that can often happen through a human error in terms of the container actually not being set right Uh, It can be mechanical failure or during transit again, where a container has to move from one vessel to another, it's not stored properly uh, during that transit. So they're the types of uh, damage that can occur and through various types of reasons, you've got just because, you know, when vessels go on oceans, oceans can be rough and you can pack it as well as you possibly can and damage may still occur. So here in Brisbane, we have our own warehouse where we do unpack customers' cargo on their behalf. We ensure correct handling procedures are undertaken by our warehouse staff to minimise damage. However, there is a lot of container freight stations Australia-wide that do unpacking, and that can also be a factor in damage occurring in unpack or in packing. We have suppliers internationally who pack in their warehouses around the world and they do their best to ensure that damage is minimised on packing and unpacking in those overseas locations as well.
0: Thanks, Rebecca. What other factors do your clients need to consider when packing a shipping container to minimise complications?
1: Incorrect packaging or incorrect packing methods is the number one reason why cargo will get damaged. In terms of putting certain product into a carton, we need to consider things like foam around those packages, bubble wrap, ensuring that the cargo is within a packaging that is suitable for that cargo. Is the cargo too heavy for a carton, for example, cardboard carton? Because that's where we will get damage starting to happen. And then second to that, we've got to consider that those packages then need to go into international transit. So if it's going into a shipping container, is it going to be actually able to be lashed in the correct method within the container to ensure that whilst in transit, which could be anywhere between 15 days and six weeks, that that damage isn't going to occur? When we're talking about things like perishable items, to make sure that they're packaged correctly uh, to go into refrigerated containers. Also, that they're not going to be mixed with any other cargo within a shared container, which we would call consolidation container, that may contaminate it anyway. And vice versa. If we're sending something like a, a liquid, like an oil, to ensure that that oil is not going to leak out of its packaging and contaminate other people's cargo. Certainly the most common mistake we see in particular in full container shipping is that suppliers think once they put a piece of cargo in a shipping container, they actually don't have to lash it down when in that container. But during ocean transit, it will move, even if it's the heaviest type of cargo. Legally speaking, that cargo needs to be lashed to the floor of the container because otherwise it will bounce around and not only cause damage to the cargo, it will cause damage to the shipping container, in which case the importer is going to be liable for paying the damage that is done to the physical container itself.
0: You've made some really great points there, Rebecca. What are the risks if a container is not packed correctly? So if
1: a container is not packed correctly,
0: we're gonna see complications
1: on arrival to where it needs to go. We see it here in our Brisbane warehouse where a container will arrive in that's not packed correctly. We open the doors of the container and all of a sudden we have some very large complications on our hands. We've quite often found that the equipment we have here for unpacking may actually be a bit redundant in that case. And we've had to actually get, say, cranage in to lift heavy parts and components in a way that It wasn't meant to be lifted because it's moved during transit. Uh, So complications at unpack is a really common one. Now, where there's complications in shipping, that can often create delays. So if a container is really difficult to unpack because it's moved in transit, takes longer, you're going to get your cargo a lot later than what you had initially planned to do. The other thing that can occur where you are just, say, shipping a pallet it can go to the container freight station uh, at Origin, say that Shanghai or Los Angeles, and the warehouse in those Origin ports may actually decide to reject the cargo. So you want to make sure that your supplier's packing correctly in the first instance because, again, whilst it's not delays here once it's landed in Australia or wherever it's going around the world, it's delays because then that pallet may then have to go back to the supplier be repacked and back to the container freight station.
0: There are definitely many risks to consider and you've made some really great points. If a shipper wanted to streamline their shipping container packing process, what are the packing considerations they will need to manage?
1: There are many considerations that we need to manage uh, when a importer and exporter is shipping internationally.
0: Here at PFS
1: Global we actually give our clients a key account manager because here at PFS Global, We believe that everybody needs one-on-one service. Not all cargo can be shipped the same. So it's very important that importers and exporters talk to their account manager, give them insight on the cargo and our account managers give the customers some insight in the best way to manage things. But I'll just run through some of the really common ones for people who are listening to the podcast today. So first of all, the consideration of whether it's going to be a full container load or less than container load. So that's quite often you'll hear uh, the terms of FCL, full container load, or LCL, less than container load. And LCL refers to where you simply pay for your space in a shipping container. So that might be appropriate where you have two or three pallets. Now with Less than container load, obviously you're going to be in a container with a lot of other cargo. So as I've referred to earlier on uh, in our discussion, you need to consider the fact that your cargo will be going into a shipping container with a mix of cargo. So do you want to palletize it? Will it be safer palletized? Or would it be okay if you're only shipping, say, five cartons to just ship the cartons? Again, our account managers would be able to give you a lot of advice around which way to to go about things. And also, as I said a bit earlier on, with a full container, people think that you can just load the pallets in, shut the doors, and and it'll be great. The thing is, you need to put the pallets in. You need to make sure they're lashed correctly to the floors of the shipping containers before you send it on its way. Our account managers can give advice around that because should it be a... Fabric lashing with some ratchet stripes, should it be chains? We do a lot of shipping in uh, the infrastructure space and quite recently we've had a container that's landed with us here in our Brisbane warehouse that actually moves so much in transit it simply cut through uh, the fabric lashings. So that's another discussion that perhaps should be had with your account manager to make sure That uh, the appropriate lashings are being used, and then to be able to communicate that to your overseas supplier. So, I've talked a little bit about correct packaging in that, but correct packaging is key in terms of the type of boxes that can be used, in terms of the weight distribution. So, weight distribution is another really key one, and we would say that it's probably a little bit of common sense. However, it's something that quite often doesn't get thought about. So you want to make sure that your weight is evenly distributed over your pallet or over your container so that if there's a heavy component in the full container, for example, it's sitting in the middle of the container and then lighter pieces either side of that. That's really important when it comes to the actual shipping of the shipping container and also when it arrives say here in Australia, and gets put on a truck. We have seen all too often where trucks have left the wharf and have toppled over going around a corner because the weight's not evenly distributed in a container. The other thing in terms of consolidation shipping, LCL shipping, is ensuring that your labelling is correct. So even though not having correct labelling is not necessarily going to cause damage, it's a factor that we ask our clients to talk to their suppliers about to make sure that if there's any special shipping instructions that you actually get that put on the cartons. You know, something as simple as fragile or something as simple as top load only gives depots a bit more of a hint that we have to be a bit more careful with this one. And then the last thing I'd like to talk about is the cleanliness factor. So making sure that the contamination's not getting into the container at packing. We have had scenarios where the shipper has packed a container, stopped for lunch, sat in the container, eaten a sandwich, put the leftover sandwich on the edge of the pallet, forgotten about it, done whatever is done, shut the doors of the container and left that half eaten sandwich in a container for six weeks. Unfortunately for that client, it required a special uh, quarantine clean on the container and some of those treatments will affect the cargo depending on what it is. So we need to make sure cleanliness is dealt with as well.
0: That's a lot to consider. I can see why expert guidance is required in the shipping container packing process. I'm keen to understand how you've been able to help your clients to minimise implications with shipping container packing and to streamline their process. Could you please provide a real-life client example?
1: Absolutely. So, We have been handling a German-based company's machinery parts here for the last two years now, and the contract has just been renewed with us. The thing that really attracted the Germans to the warehouse here in Brisbane is we're actually not in the port area. So we're based 40 minutes from the airport and 40 minutes from the port. We have quite a new facility here. It's not a large facility, which really was appealing to them to allow their staff to come in and out of their dedicated warehouse as they pleased almost. We, as I said, were a new facility, so cleanliness uh, was really important to the Germans and we were able to provide a very clean, airy, open atmosphere for them. Not being in the port area means that their costs are minimised. We don't have to charge what the large... Warehouses uh, in the port area need to charge because our land prices aren't so much out here. And the other thing that they really loved is having an account manager. As I said earlier, it's really important for PFS Global to have that one-on-one contact. So they're able to contact one person about their packs and their unpacks, about their parts and their stock take uh, requirements and dispatching requirements as well we book all of their transport here. So once containers come in unpacked, we stock take it for them, and then we pick and pack and send it back out. And in the reverse, where they've got cargo or stock in our warehouse here, we will package it up and send it back overseas if required. So that's one particular example of how we have taken an overseas company, given them a presence here in Australia and they're able to dispatch their goods from East Coast Australia to all around the nation. Another factor in terms of us giving value to our customers in terms of unpacking and packing our cargo here in our warehouse is where we find cargo will come in in containers And we do see some problems with the packaging. John, our warehouse manager here, will take a lot of photos and make specific recommendations to the key account manager to pass on to the customer how they can improve at origin the packaging so that they don't have the same problems when they arrive in. So there's a couple of examples of how our PFS Global here in Brisbane and our warehouse, we uh, add value in saying that that is a service that we can provide globally with subcontractors, uh, no problem at all.
0: They are great examples. What would be a key lesson you have learned that could help your future clients to minimise complications or to streamline their shipping container packing process? Sure. The one thing that I always say to our customers and potential customers,
1: is communication is key. Communicate with us here at PFS Global as much as possible what you are shipping so we can get those specific recommendations appropriate for your type of cargo, along with communication back to your suppliers. What's expected? Quite often here at PFS Global, we will actually give a customer a bit of a how-to Bible So what are the things that you need to communicate with your supplier to have your cargo shipped internationally successfully? And successfully is on time, no damage and on budget. And unfortunately, where we see damage occur with cargo, those three things are directly affected.
0: That's a great lesson. Let's now discuss your warehousing services It's impressive to learn that you have a network of warehouses globally, as well as at your Brisbane headquarters. You provide a range of warehousing services. Could you please explain how your shipping container packing and unpacking service works?
1: Yeah, sure, absolutely. Where an exporter requires a packing service, we do as little or as much as the exporter needs us to do. So in a scenario where they need us to do everything, we will go and collect the cargo We will bring it back to either our warehouse or a subcontractor's warehouse. We will package it up and we will pack it into containers. Now, that may look like putting it into boxes. That may look like building a special crate for the actual piece of cargo, which we quite regularly do. When it comes to importing and unpacking containers, again, we do as little or as much as the customer needs us to do. So if a container arrives here at any of the major ports in Australia, we send a truck to go pick it up, we bring it back to either us or our subcontracted service and we unpack it and either put it on a truck out to a, the customer directly, or we bring it in and warehouse it and then dispatch it at a later date. Again, it all depends on the type of cargo, we can do anything from a piece of machinery where it's a simple case of unlashing the machinery once it's in the container and driving it out and that would go for a car or a boat. Uh, We most recently did a bubble tea trailer which was an interesting one uh, because the hitch of, of the trailer was actually at the wrong end of the trailer. So, Quite often, again, where there's packing of a container that hasn't gone quite right, it's created delays in the unpacking of the container. And and that was one specific example where that had happened. But certainly, these are things that for us, Australia, wide.
0: Thanks, Rebecca. Now, I know that your warehousing operations are in demand. Could you please explain how your storage services works? Absolutely.
1: So here in Brisbane, we have over 500 square metres of storage space at the moment. We have three warehouses of Redland Bay that all three warehouses serve different functions. So we have a warehouse that primarily deals with carton freight, picking and packing services. We have a warehouse that primarily deals with machinery parts. Again, it's a picking and packing service, but just on a bigger level, the type of machinery parts we're dealing with are quite heavy. So that is quite specialised in how we need to handle that. And our third warehouse is only storage. So that would be cargo that would go into storage and didn't need to be accessed a whole heap. So maybe once a month, if that. Our warehouse is relatively small to the other warehouses we subcontract around Australia. So uh, we're not limited in any way in terms of the amount of cargo we can take and the type of cargo we can take. The other service we have down here at Redland Bay is some hard stand area where we unpack a lot of infrastructure equipment that gets stored with us. But again, that's not long-term storage. That would be coming out of the container and either straight onto a truck or it would sit in our uh, secure hard stand area for maybe two to three weeks at a time.
0: Excellent. Let's discuss your pick and pack service. How does your pick and pack service work and does it primarily focus on the last mile Not
1: necessarily. So here in our Brisbane warehouse, our pick and pack service definitely just concentrates on the last mile in terms of us assisting customers where they have, say, a Shopify account. We have our customers give us access to that Shopify account and as they're making sales we pick the orders and we send it out in terms of other ways we assist in a pick and pack service is actually at origin in the reverse if you buy from multiple suppliers say in china we can actually pick the orders from multiple suppliers within one country bring them together and air freight or sea freight them to where you need them this is really beneficial to our customers where with sea freight, you pay a minimum one cube for your ocean freight. Also, a lot of fees that are involved in terms of international shipping are per shipment or per waybill bill or per bill of lading. So whereby we can bring a lot of cargo together at Origin and ship it on one shipment, it certainly saves the customer some money.
0: That's a very convenient way to have your orders picked and packed for you. Well, thank you very much, Rebecca, for joining us today from Personalised Freight Solutions Global. Thanks so much, Sharon, for
1: having me again here today. It's always great having a chat. One thing that we would like to offer our supply chain partners is a one-hour free review of their freight, the way they're handling their freight from start to finish. Uh, We quite often know by doing these reviews that we can make small improvements along the way and it may result in a better outcome for the customer, whether that's to save time and money or whether it's to save on some of these damage issues if anyone out there is experiencing that kind of thing within uh, their International Freight Moves.
0: Thanks, Rebecca. That's excellent. Well, that concludes today's episode about streamlining your shipping container packing process with Personalised Freight Solutions Global. All their contact details are provided below. So join us again at Supply Chain Partners TV and podcast, where we meet with our expert supplier members at Supply Chain Partners to discuss key business and supply chain issues, topics, and trends, including logistics, supply chain management, technology, and much more. We welcome you to subscribe to this Supply Chain Partners channel, and we look forward to you joining us again in a future episode.